Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Graham Cullis Karma Card Project podcast, season two, episode 28. Just press record. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yep, yeah, I just pressed record. I've been sitting at my desk procrastinating a little bit. Uh, I haven't done this in a while. It's been a long time, hasn't it, guys? But I am back. And if you are listening to this, then welcome back too. We have got a lot to catch up on. Since coming back from New York, uh, where I ran a project called the New York Dippers Club, if you're new to this channel, go back to last episode and you can hear all about it. <laughs> um, I haven't stopped now, New York was supposed to be kind of a rest, but it ended up being a very intense three months. <laughs> and when I got back to Mummy and Daddy Carlos's house, the launch pad, I had to release my karma cards for January. I'll tell you about the karma cards a little bit later on if you're new to the channel. And then I was scheduled to go back to Nuki Cornwall to go and help out Youth Art Connect, one of my first projects, which I started a couple of years ago, which introduces the therapeutic benefits of art to people. And we uh, run a, an exhibition every year. So I came back to put in some work and do my time and, yeah, get that going. And I knew it was going to be a lot of work. And I was actually kind of anxious about going back. I kind of had two minds about saying to the guys at Youth Art Connect that I, I think I'm going to go to Bali first and just chill because <laughs> I, I need a holiday. Uh, but no, I decided I'm going to go and get this done. I'm going to stick to my promise that I said I'm going to be back there to help out and do an exhibition with them and I did so as this is the beginning of a new season I feel like I need to give you a little recap about who I am and there's possibly a couple of newbies here that are here to listen to Elliot Kenton and Marie Ralph talk to me live on stage at the Youth Art Connect exhibition so before we get into my first ever live podcast interview let me introduce myself to all of you three or four newbies that are listening. <laughs> My name's Graham Cullis. I am an artist, oil painter, and now I'm a philanthropist for the wellness and mental health spaces. Back in that delicious year of 2020 during the pandemic, I discovered that I have a natural talent for oil painting. And yet, I'm going to own it. I am blooming good, especially for someone that hasn't picked up a brush before and has only been painting for like, close to three years now. If you don't believe me, pause this now and go and check out my social medias at Graham Cullis on Instagram and at Graham Cullis Art on Facebook. Little plug there. Make sure you follow. Now, this discovery actually came at a time of mental health crisis for me. I took a sabbatical from work and painted every day for two months. I found that art and creativity was just a tool that I needed to pull myself out of that depression. And the silver lining of that dark cloud actually gave me my purpose and led me on that path that I am walking now to help people and communities all over the world discover holistic ways of managing their mental health and well-being and this is all powered through what I call my karma card project and like I said I'll talk a little bit more about that during the interval of the interview and how you can get involved in my karma card project <laughs> so also for the newbies here New York Dippers Club was a project that I started in Rockaway Beach, which is basically a community project which helps people discover the benefits of cold water therapy and the social aspect of things, of getting out in nature together with people and networking, I guess, and making friendships. And these bunch of legends who come from all over the city and local in Rockaway Beach meet together 9am every day, or 8am now every day and 9am on the weekends, uh, Beach 67 to go and take the plunge in the water. Uh, it's been incredible to see it grow. And since I've left, there's been countless numbers of new people attending, which is really lovely to watch on the socials. And it's been running independently by the amazing Captain Rizzo, who will be a future podcast guest. Don't you worry, we're going to get her story because she has an incredible story. And then, obviously, last episode's guest, Big Dipper Mike, he's also been taking the helm with Captain Rizzo to keep this community going and running the socials. So thank you so much, legends. You have, you have done me extremely proud and yourselves and to the whole community that you're building. And if I have time, there are so many more people that I met over there uh, that are helping run the show as well. It's a community thing and you know who you are and especially one of them who I'm going to get some amazing bakery treats when I return. You know who you are. Marianne, my Italian mama dipper. But yeah, if I was to give shout outs to everyone, we'll be here all day. 
And since being back on this side of the pond, we've had so much going off over there. Like, the New York Times did a piece on us. I got my name in the New York Times, Graham Cullis, nomadic painter. They could have put um, that I have a podcast, but you can't ask for everything. <laughs> but also a few TV shows and radio stations. I've done some Zoom chats and uh, voice calls, video calls to go on to the, the media over there and talk about it. And so, yeah, people were hearing about it and it's done. It's done its thing. It's made an impact and it is growing. And if you get time and you want to see some visuals, you can check out my YouTube channel. I documented the whole time I was there. I did weekly vlogs. So have a little look at it from the beginning and uh, yeah, see, see what went down. And just to give a plug to my next episode, episode 29, which should be next Wednesday. Uh, we'll see how we go, though. I'm not making any promises on that. That's something I'm changing this time on the podcast. I was very strict with myself doing every Wednesday. And I'm just going to... I do a lot. I've got a lot going on. And I am not going to overpromise, then underdeliver. So I'll try and get to Wednesday. I'll try and get it out Wednesday, but we'll see what happens. But episode 29, I will be speaking with the CEO of dry robe Gideon Bright who got involved with uh, what I'm doing because he saw what I was doing in New York and he wanted to help out and yeah and I met him in the headquarters of dry robe in Braunton last week and we had a little chat about everything that's been happening and a little bit about dry robe and their history so yeah tune in for that that was a really great chat as well oh and if you want a dry robe go to the link in the description use my affiliate code every little helps <laughs> so also before I play you the interview with Elliot and Marie I guess it's really important to recap or tell the newbies what Youth Art Connect is. So Youth Art Connect was my first project, which I started about two years ago in Newquay, Cornwall. It's a mental health initiative which was born out of the pandemic and also born out of my lived experience of using art to help my mental health. And it started its life off as a youth club to introduce the therapeutic benefits of art to young people. But now we have since uh, increased the age to infinity. So we run a youth club from 11 to 17s once every month and also to adults 18s to infinity. Um, also, we have expanded now into Penryn, so not just Nuki. So Nuki meets the last Saturday of every month and now we go to Penryn in the Fish Factory Arts Gallery and uh, run a club there the first Sunday of every month. And since doing the exhibition, it looks like we have now nailed another venue in Truro uh, with the with the Truro Museum. I can't say that for sure. It's all in talks at the moment, um, but I'll let you know as soon as that happens. So it's growing nicely, and we've also secured a couple of fairly chunky grants, which are going to help us on our way. And it's looking like we're also going to get another big boy grant coming through, so fingers crossed. So yeah, my job as a seed planter to start things like this uh, was done. I spent about a year working with the team and then I left it in the capable hands of Marie-Ralph, Siobhan Taylor and now Natalie Elias has come to the table as well as our three amazing directors who've been running it for the last year and a half while I've been gallivanting around the world doing other projects. <laughs> but then February I came back into town and took my role up as I guess the class clown of <laughs> Youth Art Connect and it's my job to come back and inject a bit of energy and help out and run a, an event and yeah just basically create some content and go nuts and try and really sort of push the push the brand and get more brand awareness around what we're doing. So yeah, I came back to help out of our annual art exhibition and I think me and the team probably put in about 13 hours a day, six days a week. <laughs> it was a big feat, but totally worth it. We had some amazing collaborations along the way to try and push and promote the event. Uh, one with Disc Charity Nuki, where we went in a half term and helped establish what they are running now as RT Mondays. And Disc Nuki help feed families and house families in times of crisis. It's run by an incredible human being and also Karma Card Project supporter, Monique Collins. And it was also really good to get to know our amazing staff and volunteers who help run the day-to-day -day operations. And if you're local to Nuki Cornwall and you want to find out a bit more about DISC, I will put their details in the show notes of this episode, so check it out. We also collaborated with lots of local press as well. They've been really supportive and including a national press. BBC Spotlight came down and filmed us and interviewed us for the telly. And Radio Cornwall got on their show as well to have a little chimwag. We even teamed up with the farmer's market in Truro in the middle of the city where we set up our splat art tent. And I had my pink megaphone and I 
invited the public to throw paint over me in the name of promotion for our exhibition. <laughs> if you want to check that video out, go to my YouTube. I believe it was probably the last one I've made recently. You'll see the thumbnail. I've got paint all over my face. So the exhibition, we call the exhibition Neurodiversity and the intent for the exhibition was to rid the stigmas behind labels. So if you get a diagnosis of autism, ADHD, Tourette's, etc. What we did is we invited the young artists and the adult artists to create a piece which represented how they are and how they navigate this world in work, art and play. And then the idea is to rid the stigmas that are behind the labels to make this world more inclusive, more understanding and more accepting. The artwork that was submitted by every single person was extremely powerful and really hit home the message. So it was a complete success. And on the evening, we had heaps of entertainment. We had rock band Penny Eyes taking the stage. We had we had Sprout Spoken doing some live poetry and spoken word. Also, the Queen of Light, Lana, did some rapping for us uh, to some beats that she has produced. It was amazing. Well done, Lana. And Lana is now actually the new me of Youth Art Connect. Now I've gone, she's going to be the person that's bringing all the energy. So if you check out the Youth Art Connect TikTok and Instagram, you're going to see loads of reels that she's putting up. She's smashing it and just the role model we need for our for our artists. And then we finished the night off with a couple of amazing tribute acts. We had Lee Quinney as Elton John and then Tim Nice, Fat Boy Tim, Fat Boy Slim tribute act. It was banging. But anyway, enough of my ramble now. Let's get on with my first ever live podcast, which was also part of the entertainment for the exhibition that night. So sit back and relax to the sounds of me chatting to Mr. Elliot Kenton, artist who lives life and identifies as trans male, who is also the director of Transparent Presence CIC, which is a support network for trans people and their families around Cornwall. And then also in conversation, we have our very own Marie Ralph of Youth Art Connect, a.k.a. the Autistic Business Lady. This was such an incredible and powerful conversation and gave us a platform to talk about diversity. Please note, though, this was my first ever live show and I've learned a lot about capturing audio. I didn't quite get the levels right for the room and the, the audience ambience, but I will do better next time. So the, the audience is a little bit quiet, but the conversation is perfect. And also, just to give you a little warning, I'm not generally a sweary person, but the conversation was very high-spirited and funny, and uh, there is the odd little bit of foul language. So, especially Mummy Cullis, if you're listening to this, you might want to uh, put your fingers in your ears at certain points. But without further ado, here is my first ever live podcast and my conversation with Elliot Kenton and Marie Ralph. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to the Graham Cullis Karma Car Project podcast. <laughs> Episode 28. I haven't done a podcast for a while. And this is my first ever live podcast. That's not too bad, actually. I thought you might need a bit more warming up. But anyway, welcome, everybody. It's nice to see you all here. Are you all having a lovely time? Yeah! Amazing. We are here for the Youth Art Connect second annual art exhibition. Did anyone come last year? Ooh, not too many of you. But who's a newbie this year? Yeah! Oh, hey, amazing. We're growing, everybody. We're growing. Uh, we are going to have a conversation tonight all about all different kinds of things that I have no idea about. Um, have a little bit I know about it, but I'm going to be learning. I'm learning every day. And I would like to firstly welcome to the stage our Youth Art Connect director, Marie Ralph, the autistic business lady. Come to the stage. If you would like to take a seat. And also I would like to welcome to the stage the director of the CIC Trans... I can never say it! Transparent Presence CIC, Elliot Kenton! <laughs> All right. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, tired. <laughs> tired. tired. It's tired organising an exhibition. It's, it's very tiring putting on an exhibition. We have yeah. been working our bums off for about two months now. Yeah. Um, so, first off... Marie, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? 
Hello, um, I'm Marie Ralph. I'm one of the directors um, of Youth Art Connect, along with Graham and Siobhan and Natalie. Um, I also run another community interest company called the Autistic Community of Cornwall, which is for autistic adults to find support and mentorship and befriending. Um, fully run by autistic people. Um, and I am an NHS trainer and I run the Cornwall Tourette's group. So, so not a lot then. <laughs> All right, well, round of applause, everybody, for that. And Elliot, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to see if I can top your list now. Yeah, well, if we, is like this. If we, can, we can get a little bit close to the mic, it's just so the audience okay. might be able to hear. Okay, Sorry. so I'm Elliot Kenton, uh, pronouns are he, they... Uh, I am a freelance artist and um, usually specialising in portraiture, but um, usually quite abstract. I'm director um, and founder alongside my wife, Annie. Give me a wave. There we go. You! <laughs> of Transparent Presence CIC, which is a support organisation for um, trans, non-binary individuals in Cornwall, um, which includes a choir, which is here, Wednesday nights, youth group, uh, adult socials, we art project, which is feast funded. Um, so that's various projects. Um, I'm a private tutor of neurodivergent um, children um, who sometimes have other special educational needs. Uh, do I do anything else? Pride. I'm looking at my wife. Oh, and I, oh, yeah, I walk for Cornwall Pride as well. I'm the HRE <laughs> Cornwall Pride. Pride. <laughs> a couple of busy legends. Thanks, All right, round of applause to these guests, please. And if you don't know who I am, or if you haven't uh, been aware of anything that I do on Facebook, I, you may have seen me spamming the crap out of Facebook over the last couple of months with my posts. Um, but my name's Graham Cullis, and I have a podcast, a YouTube channel. I help uh, run as a director for Youth Art Connect, and I guess my title is Wellness Project Seed Planter around the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my title. <laughs> I go around the world and I set up projects and then I get the hell out of there when it gets busy. <laughs> no, uh, it's all good, yeah. So, yeah, it's been an amazing working with Marie, and, uh, yeah, it's been such a journey. And, yeah, well, thank you all for coming. Now, so let's, uh, let's kick it off with a question. So, first up, Elliot. So, with uh, Transparent Presence, like, um, what are the main things that you will be offering the community in support? Like, what things come up that are that we would like everyone to know about. Oh, okay, so um, the way we started Transparent Presence um, CIC was that I was transitioning myself back in 2018 and I didn't know where to go for support um, and equally for my kids and my partner to have support because it's a journey for them just as much as myself. So in looking for something, couldn't really find something that worked for us, so we set up our own company it started with the adult socials, which are a monthly thing. Um, on a Monday night, it's the first Monday of the month. Um, usually AJ's at the moment in Carline Bay, which is super friendly venue. Quite often do live music. Uh, so that's where it started. And then we've got Youth Group, which has been lottery funded. Um, yes. Yeah. And that was our first funding bid that yeah. was successful, so we're very excited. <laughs> yeah, so we run a monthly youth group for um, children kind of ranging from 6 to 15, really, is the age range coming right now. Um, we do a different activity every month. So we've had cinema trips, we've had bushcraft, we've had um, rock pooling, thank you, I have no brain. <laughs> Singing, performance, we've got dance next, one, next month. Um, and we try as much as possible to make it um, a gender-diverse-led mm. kind of experience. So a lot of the people that are running the activities are also of the LGBT community or gender-diverse. Yeah. And uh, for, for people that aren't too schooled up in, in gender diversity, like I, I, it's, it's fairly new for me to be uh, talking about and thinking about this as well. I mean, I've got lots of friends and I've come across people that are transitioning... Um, but I guess like part of your role is to educate the public and people that don't have any idea what's going on and, and what they can and can't say. Like, 
So what are the taboos that you come across with that? I know, like, because I did a little bit of research and I was trying to find questions I could ask and then, then, I, got, and then I got the top ten questions you can't ask a trans person. <laughs> and I was like, well, actually, that sounds like a really good thing to talk about. So what's, yeah, so let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so um, I think in, in really basic terms, if you wouldn't ask somebody in polite conversation maybe don't yeah <laughs> so that's probably my top tip anyway is just if, if you wouldn't ask somebody yeah like maybe don't ask that question yeah um but like i'd say maybe a few of the top things that come out of um like when we run our training for example and there's questions from participants of our gender diversity training things come up like um what about people's previous names mm. like is it okay to ask about that no it's not no. like no um, but equally, like if somebody's changed their name back to their maiden name after they've been married, you know, yeah. there might or there might be a, a trauma reason for somebody changing one of their names. The equally, you don't you don't ask in yeah. those situations. Um, and about somebody's anatomy. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's big a big no. no. <laughs> big no. Yeah. And you'd be surprised that um, it does happen yeah. in just. And like you said, it's like. You wouldn't ask anyone. Yeah, like, you just wouldn't. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me, can I uh, ask about what your labia looks like? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't do that, would you? You wouldn't do that. So, uh, please. Just make I love that you went there. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, actually, it was a description of why you shouldn't ask him one of those questions. And I was like, I like that. I'm How gonna, can I'm I get that in that there? In. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Yeah, so what other, is there any other couple of like, no-nos that you need to let everyone know not to say? Uh, um, I'd say that maybe these are the top two and about people's sex life. So, like, when you're transitioning, all of a sudden your sex life becomes, like, top topic for someone and really interesting. Like, that's not not a coffee break conversation. (laughs) So, um, yeah, they're probably the top three, anyway. Yeah. And, Marie, have you got anything to add into your journey of uh, learning about this kind of thing? I know you're very schooled up in everything. I'm learning (laughs) from you constantly. (laughs) I think from my perspective, um, one of the reasons Elliot and I um, got in touch with each other um, was from the autistic community side of things. One thing that I'd noticed was a very high proportion of autistic people, um, probably about 70%, were also in the trans and LGBT, you know, sort of queer populations. So Elliot and I started, you know, through Pride and having chats, and we're like, do you know what? We've noticed this as well, you know, that the majority of people who are trans or who are queer or LGBT, you know, all of those sort of things, there's a massive crossover. We don't know why. We've had discussions on why we think that, maybe because autistic people um, and neurodivergent people generally don't look at relationships the same way. We don't, um, you know, we don't identify partners by genitals you know it's just like you know if we're attracted to someone or you know we'd like someone it's because of them as a human being so those sort of body parts don't come into that equation so I think that's part of it but I think you know I think there's a lot of interesting conversations as to why autistic people and neurodivergent populations are also in those categories um I don't know if Elliot's got any thoughts yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think uh, a big reason that um, myself and Marie work so well together is, is for that reason, that um, there's this uh, shared experience of being um, autistic people, but equally um, being part of the queer community and also being an autistic person. I think there is definitely something about that that is a common theme. Um, and maybe it's around not feeling the same need to conform to society. Like you're not looking at the rules of society in the same way that um, neurotypical people might. So I think partly that and partly um, my experience of being a creative, um, all of that together is, is something that I find is quite common, like you say, of people who are autistic spectrum and yeah. queer as well yeah definitely yeah. totally agree with that okay so right let's uh, bring on to the topic of neurodiversity does anyone out there know what neurodiversity means any yeah anyone put your hands up if you don't know what neurodiversity means oh yeah a couple of brave people there we go look at you yeah like great you can put your hands up and say you don't know um like but Neurodiversity is a term that I've learned, actually, because I didn't really know what it meant until we decided on the title. And 
<clears throat> I was making posts about neurodiversity and this and that and kind of getting it wrong. Um, but neurodiversity, if you don't know, means the whole entire human race. We are all neurodiverse. And within that, we are wired up completely different individually, like on the whole spectrum. And um, yeah, I have just um, identified as ADHD recently. I did a little online test. <laughs> Welcome to the club, Graham. Hey, uh, I don't know if any of my friends suspected it. Yeah, I think slightly. Yeah. yeah. Within yeah. like two text messages. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, you mean the, the, the 10 text messages? Well, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, like... Uh, so well, neurodiversity is the whole entire human race. Within that, we have all got different flavours. We might have a label, we might not. And um, yeah, so basically what the intent of this exhibition is to raise awareness that we are, we should all just identify as who we are. We shouldn't have to be labelled. And uh, it definitely shouldn't be a long, really stupidly long process in getting labelled to get the help you need. Um, so we just want to open that conversation up. Um, now, what things... What's the top things you think people need to be aware of in this situation? I think there's two things that, uh, you know, particularly in the autistic community that we've been going on about is, again, around language use. Um, you know, up until recently, a lot of the conversation around neurodivergent people has been clinical models. It's like medical models. It's all around, you know, using words like dysfunctioned, disordered. Mm you know, condition, yeah. you know. Um, you know, we treated like we're some sort of alien in the society and we labelled as such. Um, that can be, make life very, very difficult with those sort of negative connotations. So one of the things we've been trying to push is to obviously get that taken away. Um, you know, one of the, again, one of the things that we're talking about is until 1973, you know, um, being gay was still in the same diagnostic mm -hmm. manual. As a disorder. As a disorder. You were yeah. disordered if you were gay. Uh, which is crazy, you know, yeah. we were just like, you know, it's an identity, you know, and just as much as a gay person wouldn't be expected to provide a certificate of gayness, <laughs> you know, this is how gay I am. Yeah, where's yours? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, we said... Mal, can you make some yeah. badges, please? <laughs> I'm waiting for my I love bum sex one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a little story on that. Sorry, I probably do need to explain that. Siobhan ordered a blow-up sheet to uh, basically model our uh, dry robe, and um, then her algorithm on her Amazon sent it into a mental one, and there was a badge that said, I love bum sex, and I said, Mal, you've got to make me that now. <laughs> we have got badges for sale. Not all of them say that. <laughs> we, we have actually got some gay rainbow horse ones. Yeah, there we go. So if you do and want to have a badge and you are a gay <laughs> rainbow horse, go and see Mal out the back. <laughs> and, and that's purely because my son's got Tourette syndrome and one of his tics was gay rainbow horse. So we made it into a badge, a T-shirt, you name it. Um, but yeah, I think language use is really important because, you know, we got fed up as a community um, with, with people disordering us and um, thinking that we're, you know... Um, we need to be shut away from society and we, we don't belong in the same... We don't want the same things as everyone else. Yeah. Autistic people don't want relationships, friendships. They don't want to mix or have social lives. Autistic people do. We just do yeah. it in a very different way to other people and we often are drawn to other neurodivergent people. I just... Sorry, I just having one of those ADHD moments where you <laughs> lose focus and I just was just thinking the whole time, my mum listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just talked about thumbsets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go, yeah. Mommy Collis. <laughs> this is what your she son gets it. up to. <laughs> but I think the other one as well is is just around um you know, we got a bit fed up of all of the training, all of the support, always being non-autistic people. Um, telling us what it's like to be autistic. Yeah. You know, from everything from diagnosticians to, you know, services to education. Well, let's talk about the puzzle piece. Go for it. I know you're... Well, we have got a badge outside <laughs> that tells you what I think of the puzzle piece. Yes. So the puzzle... You can say it. <laughs> Fuck the puzzle piece. Fuck the puzzle piece. <laughs> hey! Everybody say it after three. <laughs> Fuck the puzzle piece. One, two, three. Fuck the puzzle piece! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> So there's a bit Mal's of, loving yeah, yeah, it yeah, he's now, loving isn't he? He just likes making rude badges. <laughs> See him out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> they are for sale. Yeah, so the puzzle piece originally was... Um, it had a lot of negative links. It was all, yeah. again, about making autistic people feel like they're broken. We're a piece of a puzzle that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And we're not. We're just different. We see the world differently. You know, we process things differently. 
we don't need a cure. We don't need um, people to um, disorder us. What we need is just acceptance. So, and very much the puzzle piece was designed by non-autistic people. Again, yeah. charities who were led with no autistic presence in their charity status, in their committees, telling us what, what we needed. Um, so the autistic community, um, again, there's this massive conflation that autistic people all have learning disabilities. And it's not true. You know, the majority yeah. of people who are autistic do not have a learning disability. Some do, some don't. Um, the same as every other population. Um, but as a result, everyone was being treated as, you know, I used to hear it all the time in schools, you know, well, when you've met one autistic person, you've met them all. You know, I learned how to deal with autism. Yeah. Like it's some sort of handbag I carry around, you know. And, yeah. you know, there's my autism. And you can go and deal with it. Have a look in my autism. Well, guys, have a look at the art and look at the descriptions that especially like really when you're looking at the art don't look at the pretty picture just the pretty picture definitely look at the pretty picture but read the pack the captions next to it because you're going to learn a lot when you walk around that room and especially like check out her zine marie's <laughs> zine like if like if you want to know if you want to know what is what about autism like she's made this epic little magazine which is what is it out in the sensory area it's out in the sensory area yeah. and the reason why i came up with it is one of the things that I really struggled with until even my 30s um, was I never swore, believe it or not. Um, and a lot of that was because of that social conditioning. I was, you know, I was trying to follow rules. I was trying to fit in. So I was constantly told, you know, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. Um, so I tried to follow rules. So when my child came along, who got quite severe coprolalia, which is the sweary part of Tourette's, um, I suddenly learned a whole new variety of swear words. And it was quite <laughs> empowering to and suddenly go, do you know what? Stick I like the, the combination. <laughs> so my zine is called Calm the Fuck Down about autism. Because, again, we wanted to break down those stigmas and just get everyone to calm down. <laughs> and she has a podcast as well. I do. We, we have a range of podcasts called Calm the Fuck Down around neurodiversity, where it's a lot of neurodivergent people just chatting around yeah. everything from relationships to work to education yeah. and just the things and the stigmas that we've come across. Mummy me, mummy Melita Cullis, I'm so sorry, all this swearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. So tell us, Elliot, like, what's the future for Transparent Presence? I can't Transparent Transparent Presence. <laughs> what's the future? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> What is your vision? What do you want to see become? Uh, well, we've been really lucky that within the funding bids, we've been able to recruit a um, part-time youth worker to be dedicated to working with the children and yeah. um, spreading the word with really cool design leaflets. And it's really lovely to be able to give an opportunity to a young, queer, trans, autistic person as well. Um, what we're working on in our projects is to be able to give more opportunities to young people and to work alongside them and for them to know that actually how they identify and yeah. if they're neurodivergent and they have different communication needs and different sensory needs that we're an organisation that is safe yeah. and that we're safe people and we'll get it and that we're going to make adjustments um, in a non-judgmental way. Fantastic. And then where can people find you online? Oh, uh, um, <laughs> we're on Instagram, but we're not young enough to know how to work it properly. So <laughs> there may be a job I'm opening there. Um, luckily, we have 16-year-old twins. Um, they're much better than we are, so um, sometimes we try and bribe them to help us out. Uh, we've got a website which is transparentpresence.co.uk, and we're more active on Facebook because we're that generation. So. If you can check us out on any of those things, and you're very welcome to email either of us as well. Amazing. Well, I'm going to put uh, to the audience some questions in a second, but I kind of need Siobhan and Natalie to bring a box over while I do something. <laughs> do something. Uh, and so have a think about what question you would like to give any of us. It can be about anything. You can ask us individually a question, like you can, what's our favourite cheese or anything, okay? But we'll do that in a second. So have a little think. I can see hands going up already. Calm the fuck down, people. <laughs> 
So, uh, it is a birthday today, and like it's a tradition on my podcast that I sing happy birthday to a celebrity halfway through the podcast, and then I go on a big beggy mission and ask you to support me financially. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Um, but yeah, so it's actually Youth Heart Connect's second birthday. And we haven't got any candles, but I am going to sing, and these guys are going to blow out an imaginary candle, so are you ready? (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Have we we got any? Also, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear you, Farker. Next. Happy birthday to you. Youth Connect, you are amazing. Blow out the candles, blow out the candles. All right, Marie, who made the cake? Uh, this was from um, a lovely lady called Justina Beerman, who donated it to Thank us. Thank you, Justina! There we go. OK, we're going to take a quick break from the interview right now to have a little word from our sponsors. Oh, and those sponsors are you. (laughs) You sponsor my podcast. Uh, This podcast is listener-funded through my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Graham Cullis Art. So by joining my Patreon with a small monthly pledge, literally like the same price of a cup of coffee or a pint once a month, not only do you give me time and space to create this content and my YouTube channel and all of the other projects I do around the world like the New York Tippers Club, Youth Art Connect, etc, etc. But you're also entered into my Karma Card Project Club, which means you get exclusive updates on my upcoming projects, either through the Patreon site itself, or if you have Facebook, you have access to my private Facebook group. But the best perk is, you receive my art, my physical art prints, as gift cards, Karma Cards, through the post every 12 months. Things have slightly changed. I was doing six every six months, but now I'm actually really excited to put them all together at once and post them out in December. So I haven't talked about this yet, but as a little exclusive to the people that already are subscribed, you will be receiving 12 in December. The June ones will no longer happen. One thing that gives me time and space to be able to carry on with my projects without the pressure of having to come back every half a year and then releasing the Karma cards. It's a big job. So if I can do it all at once, that's amazing. But it got me thinking, actually, what I'm going to do this time around, I'm going to make it kind of like the Karma Card Calendar Club. So let me explain. If you don't know what the Karma Cards are, what they are they are gift cards of my art prints they're blank inside and the idea is you write a little letter of love to someone and then you send it in the post as a random act of kindness and you keep the ones you like um and they are all pictures of my paintings now i might throw some different things into the mix this time i might add in some photography from some of the projects that i've been doing throughout the year like some memories some beautiful images and also i might be even collaborating with some other artists that have their own cards within the pack so who knows i'm going to be working on that throughout until december and then i'll you'll be surprised when it comes through the post but with calling it the calendar club what i'm thinking is i do a newsletter that goes along with these cards when i post them out but on the back of this newsletter you're going to have a calendar which you can stick to your wall with each card with its allocated month of the year and then that gives you like a prompt to send a random act of kindness with the cards because some people they get them they put them in the drawer they forget about them and they might not send them on some people like to keep them which is which you can you don't have to send them off but i thought it would be really cool to have a calendar so every january that this one card goes and gets sent off as like a random act of kindness to someone around the world then on february then march you've got their each individual cards that you send out which i think is really cool um but also you can pick and choose which months you don't want to send one out because you might want to keep that card because you might like the image and you might just want to keep it and put it on your wall and frame it <laughs> but yeah that's my kind of idea that's going to be going with it and i asked mummy Cullis, and she's my little elf that helps me put them all together and she agrees <laughs> as long as mummy Cullis thinks it's a good idea i think yeah i'm gonna go for that so yeah guys think about it like this if you can sacrifice one cup of coffee or you're down the pub 
on one weekend you just sacrifice one pint of beer subscribe to my patreon for that amount of money once a month yeah you will receive 12 of my gift cards in the post every year and you'll also be helping me change the world and spreading love and positivity yourself win-win www.patreon.com forward slash graham cullis art link will be in the show notes as well okay that's enough of me begging let's get back to the live podcast shall we we've got some audience questions for you and we need a little runner here to bring the mic to people that want questions. I think, we've got I think Jasper will do it. Jasper, you oh. hold this mic. You don't want to do it? Okay. No. Who would like to hold the mic and take... Oh, Who's got a question? Who's Sasha got a question? Wants to do it. Who has a question? Who has a question? Hands up who has a question. We have a question at the front here. So bring the, bring the mic to the front. Hello. What is your Hello. question for us? And who is it for? Uh, this is for Mar- uh, Marie. Uh, when you said earlier about how... And introduce yourself. Pardon? Introduce yourself. Oh, hello. My name's Queen of Light, Lana, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you said you're trying to get terms removed from the medical system, like dysfunctional and stuff like that, what things are you putting in place to get that done? Um, a lot of the work that we do at the Autistic Community Cornwall is working with the strategic leads. Um, so it's quite handy that the main directors of it are either clinicians, diagnosticians, and we work in the NHS. So we're using that format to obviously um, network within the um, commissioning groups, within NHS leads. We've got a meeting with NHS England CEO next week um, because one of the things that we're really passionate about is training around autism should be led by autistic people um, and it should also be, where possible, delivered by autistic people. Um, And we're very big on that. So all of our training involves what's called a human library of autistic people. I don't know if anyone's come across the concept of human libraries. No. Um, But they're quite common in um, other parts of Europe, and I love them. Um, So just as you can go into the library and borrow a book, you can go into libraries and borrow people. (laughs) Yes. So you get to just have a chat. You know, it might be someone who's gone through domestic violence, someone who may be trans, somebody who may be, um, you know, an ex-criminal or an autistic person. Um, so the whole point of our training is that it's delivered um, by a mix of autistic people from different backgrounds and you know different levels of um, need, um, and it's changing things within the NHS. As a result, wow. you know people are really contacting us and saying, "Can we have you come and train?" Um, what we're learning from you is way more than we ever learned in a course because you have the added lived advantage experience. of this, this lived experience, yeah, where you can amazing. ask us one-to-one questions. So, Good yeah. question. Anyone else got a question that the, the mic bearer can pass on to you? Oh, 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 oh so, uh, Lana, it's not your job. It's Sasha's job. Sorry, I'm so sorry. That's all right. You will see Lana on stage at 10 o'clock spitting some rhymes. Thank you, Sasha, you legend. Hello. Hello. Graham, I'd first like to say thank you so much for everything that you're doing. You do a fucking amazing job. Uh, honestly, seriously, thank you uh, so much. Thank, I can't take all the credit, but thank you so much. To, uh, it's a team effort. Yeah, it's been, it's so, been a team effort. So I did originally have a question about the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was the question asking? So it's transparent... Presence. 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 And think, yeah. is this a team thing? What, you, here? Well, because there's, there's a whole neuro... Divergent thing. Yeah. And then there's also... So I, I know Matthew from Pride. You said uh, you work with Pride. Cornwall Pride. Matthew. Full support. And there's a, there's a, there's a big controversy going on with, with all of this stuff. And I, I feel bad to even bring this up. But... I am... There's just someone who's... You know, as a heterosexual male... It's none of my business. It's none of my business with, with all of this stuff and all the rest. And I fully support everyone, and I want everyone to be cool doing whatever they are. Okay. But I am a little bit concerned with... As, as a trans person, so have you heard of Gays Against Groomers? There's a group called Gays Against Groomers, and I don't even know what's going on, but their concern is that you shouldn't be on hormone therapies and transgender surgeries before you're of an adult where you, you're in a position to, to make those decisions. 
But in Canada and also America, there are children who are being put on, you know, trans, uh, hormone blockers and all the rest. And it's, you know, it's a decision, you know, fair enough. If, if you feel like you're in the wrong body, that's fine. But wait till you're of an age as an adult where you can make that decision. Anyway, I feel like a massive prick, but really. But, right, okay, well, but the yeah, thing yeah, is, these yeah. questions are going to be asked, yeah. you know? And, and, this, and this is the thing, and I, yeah. I think it should be asked. Should there be an age of consent where, you know, if you feel like you're in the wrong body, that's fine. You should get full support, but should there be an age where you, you shouldn't decide before when you're 16, you're 13, you're 14, I want to be a boy or a girl, you should get surgery okay, well, and hormone think, blockers yeah, we got, we've got the question, yeah. so yeah. do you guys want to respond? Do you want to jump in? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I think you've sorry, asked the right I'm sorry, people. I'm you've sorry. asked no, no, don't be sorry. You've asked the right people. Um, I think as well, if I don't give um, enough information to fulfil your question, my wife, who's standing just there, is happy to add anything. So, um, generally speaking, um, when a an individual of any age wishes to transition, um, they are put onto a list. Firstly, now. That list is, stands at approximately six years waiting right now. Um, so what happens in that case is there's, there's no treatment involved. There's no medical interventions involved at that point. And the main thing is that that person seeks some well-being support um, from maybe a counselling service, etc., to talk, talk through therapy-wise. And it's also important to gender identity clinics that that person is living as their um, their true gender then for the at least two to three years before any kind of surgical intervention, if that's their choice, um, is even considered. There's also quite an extensive um, counselling process that happens with any medical interventions. Um, so in the in now apologies if I haven't got this quite right, but in the UK, if a, a person is under 16, they are sometimes offered a puberty blocker. So it can kind of put a pause. Um, it's almost like if you put a DVD in or if you're watching a movie and you press the pause button. So you don't know what happens next in terms of that person's puberty process. But there's nothing that will happen with a child under 16 in the UK whereby they will be offered a hormone therapy. So, like, if, um, if a young person decided that they were female, they wouldn't, be off a fem they wouldn't be offered female hormone treatment until over the age of them consenting as an individual. So then they can make a decision as an adult. I appreciate there are different rules, like, in different countries. There are different options. Um, which is why sometimes people make the decision to like skip the waiting list because like six years, like, I'm still waiting. I started transitioning 2018, so that's like five years. I haven't seen anybody um, from a gender identity clinic wow. at all. Um, but I've been living as um, trans male or trans masculine for about five years now. Um, so I think what's important to recognise is that some people decide to skip that process in the UK if they feel that they can't progress um, or they can't live as their true self without a medical intervention and they might choose to go abroad. But in the UK right now, there's a lot of safeguard in place for young people. Does that answer your question? Great, great answer. Round of applause. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That was amazing. Have you, have you got anything to add to that, Marie? No, I, I, I mean, Elliot always um, puts it brilliantly yeah. um, but I mean I, I think it's really valid that people ask these questions yeah. if, if we just shut people up in anything yeah. then then discussions don't change you know and people will get social media I, I have a love-hate relationship with it you know there's some really positive stuff out there but there's also a lot of things that you will read and you don't know the background of it you don't know who these people are you don't know where they're coming from you don't know how valid their opinions are and they, they can really influence and lead people's opinions so I think it's, it's great when somebody can be brave enough to stand up and say something that's going to be controversial. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I yeah. don't know what it is. 
well, this is it. And this is it. And I think that's where it's important to speak to people who are in that position just as much as, you know, if you, don't, if you want to know about autism, then come and speak to an autistic person. We'll tell you what it's like. If you want to know about trans or queer or anything, go and speak to those people like anything else. And, you know, to me, it's all about everyone's right. You know, just as you identify as a heterosexual male, you knew that as a young child, you knew as a young child. So imagine what it's like as a young child or a teenager to be going through and knowing that you've got to wait years and years to be your true self. It's exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you still got the mic? Have you still got, you're not still got the mic? No, no. Okay, right, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we got one more question we can ask. Let's bring it, bring it over. Who hasn't asked one yet? Let me have a look. Anyone in the back there want to ask a question? Anyone else? Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, I couldn't... Uh, this, this chap here. One more question. Here we go. Well, it's more like a recognition than a question. Like, the recognition is, like, basically what you guys said is, like, spot on. It's a, it's a travelling process. It's not cut and dry, is it? You know, life for everybody. doesn't right. matter where your background is, where you come from or nothing, you know, like, what your sexual preference is. It's a process, and we're always totally. changing, right? Every yeah. day we're fucking changing, right? Yeah. Yeah? And you, you come to a different epiphany every day, yeah? That is totally true. And why yeah. should we have labels on people? Like, why can't we just pull, pull people together rather than pulling people apart? Oh, I think that needs a round of applause, guys. <laughs> Epic. Thank you very much for that. All right, guys, so I am concerned about time now, and it's, we, are, we are ahead of time, which is amazing. So I think we might get the hell out of here and uh, have a little bit of... Uh... Oh, sorry, do you want one more question? Okay, <laughs> one more question, Sasha. Bring it over. Oh, we have got time, don't worry. I'm just being lazy. Right, there we go. One so more I've, question. I don't want to struggle to word this, but this is something that I've experienced myself. So I had a friend who was transitioning, um, wanting to transition, sorry, shall I correct myself, into trans from female to male. And then, like, you know, years later, they realised it um, actually because, you know, they realised they can be masculine and portray themselves as masculine without transitioning, without being transgender, with, like, non-binary terms. Do you think it can be an issue or, like, something that could actually make someone's, someone overthink about their, like their gender specification at a young age? Like, is there a way that the trans community can like, almost support young people in not like, spiralling into like, wrong ways of thinking, if that makes sense? Because my friend really struggled and then was like, because of the way TikTok pushes, like, if you're this, you have to be this, or if you're this, you have to be that. And then actually years later, after like, you know, several depressive episodes and confusion, they go, actually, I'm just non-binary, you know? Yeah. So is there a way that the community can actually help support that or, or like, you know, um, kind of, I don't know, I just, I feel like young people, for me, I, I went through a phase where I was like, what if I'm transgender when I was younger because of TikTok, yeah. you know? Whereas actually, no, I know that I'm she, they, you know? So it's, yeah, yeah. that's what I've always been curious All about. Right, what, what do you reckon, guys? Shall I go first? Oh, no, look at you. Yeah, no, um, I mean, you no, it's really valid because, you know, for I went through a very similar thing. This is many, many years ago, so I'm 50. Um, so there was no such thing as TikTok and social media. Um, and I went through a lot of issues in my teenage years where I thought I wanted to be a boy. You know, um, I, I was breastbinding. I was dressing like a boy. And for me personally, I realised I never knew, no one had ever spoke to me about, you know, gender fluidity. I didn't even know I'd been brought up in that traditional idea that gender was also li linked to, you know, sex and things like that. And that's the issue. And that's well. the issue. You know, it's great that we're having this. And I realised over time, you know, I've had children, I'm, I, you know, I've had multi-relationships with people and... You know, from my perspective, I realise that actually I'm just gender fluid, you know. So I'm glad in my perspective that I didn't have any kind of surgery because when I look back, I never felt right in anybody. I never felt right as a male. I never felt right as a female. What my issue was, was my autism didn't get diagnosed until I was 43. And that was my personal issue. Um, and I think it's really important that part of those processes is, you know, I think with the social media that's out there at the moment, there's a lot of pressure on young people to fit into a box and a label. I, I think with social media as well, it's like it's inevitable. We can't stop it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen regardless. Like, even if we 
cry about it and say, don't do it. Yeah. We have to adapt. And I think legends like Elliot yeah. setting up these CICs, I'm, trying, I'm not going to try and say it again. Say it again, please. Transparent presence. There, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's, that's what we need, okay, to sort of combat the social media. The social media is going to happen. And actually, sometimes social media is great for awareness, you know, to help people come out. And, you know, so it's, that is, it's, it's one of those things, it's two-sided. Um, thank you so much for that question. You've got a really valid point. Um, I'd like to offer you a flip side on it as well. Um, I didn't come out as trans until I was 30. <laughs> so I went through 30 years, and I was quite feminine, actually. Um, my wife can vouch for this. She was like, what? <laughs> she was like, um, this is just trade descriptions or something going on. Um, that I was a very feminine female, um, and um, I, I didn't even think about whether it was an option to be trans or... I didn't really, yeah, it, it wasn't part of my experience in life. Um, so my flip side I'm offering you is that social media actually helped me yeah. because as an adult yeah. who didn't grow up with social media and, yeah, like, no internet connection, that, okay, yeah, that, I feel really old now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I wasn't going to ask your age. I, I think we're in moderation. Older. Like, social media can be an incredible tool to help people um, and I did a lot of exploring and binge-watching videos, actually, like, on, on platforms similar to TikTok, where I was listening to other people and other people's experiences. I thought, hmm, okay, so am I non-binary? Am I trans? Am I, am I any of these things? Do I just want to um, be, like, more... Um, I mean, I identified as a lesbian before, and then do I actually just want to present as a masculine lesbian? And that's okay, too. So through exploring all of these options, I suppose, of identities, and at the, po at the time, it was important to me that I kind of found my label then. Yeah. Um, I do completely agree with people who feel that labels are are not something that should be used. But I think there's there's maybe two camps there, that there's some people who really feel affirmed mm. by um, a label, and there's some people who can, um, can respect it, but not necessarily want to use it themselves. So for me, I feel that social media, and actually learning from my children, um, and learning from students I was teaching, was a really powerful thing, and it really helped me to understand who I was. Um, but like I say, I think it's really important that that's done in moderation, and that we don't take all our all our influences from internet, um, because that can be equally that can be quite dangerous, yeah. and that can be quite harmful in some ways if you take too much influence from it. So I think it's talking to real people and talking to people <laughs> with different experiences, um, different age groups as well. One of the first trans people I met was a 60 year old woman she's incredible and actually through talking to her I've learned a lot about myself so um yeah I'd say talk yeah I'd say get out there live your life but also use social media to your benefit Spot amazing can everyone give these guys a massive round of applause right go nuts I want to hear some cheering here guys Thank you ever so much. It's been amazing getting back on my podcast horse again. Thank you very much, guys. Bang, bang. Also, I little financial beg here. I have a thing called the Karma Car Project. I'd like you to go over there and read about it at least. And then scan the QR code and sign up. Um, but yeah, um, it's the Karma Car Project podcast, and that's how I can make it all happen. And that's how, actually, Youth Art Connect exists. It is. Like, uh, it wouldn't have been there if I wasn't, didn't have the freedom to do that. So please support me so I can do more around the world. Right, anyway, thank you very much. Uh, you guys are excused, and I've got a, um, an amazing act for you next. So who is up for some poetry? Who is up for some poetry? All right, you're going to have to be quiet when they say it, when they say it, all right? Okay, cool. So let's have some music and <sighs> If you're still here, thank you so much. Honestly, I am so happy to be back doing the podcasts again. Um, yeah, I will endeavour to get the Gideon Bright CEO of Dry Robes interview out by next Wednesday. Uh, 
keep checking back and yeah thank you very much uh, i know that this episode is going to spark a lot of conversation you might have some questions yourself so please go to the show notes if you want to reach out to elliot or marie i'll put the link for transparent per- can't say it can i transparent presence cic in the in the show notes and also the acc the autistic community of cornwall um which uh, marie is a director of and i'll also put the information for youth art connect if you want to get involved with that as well um but yeah uh thank you ever so much and i really really appreciate it if you do want to support me on patreon.com forward slash graham art and join the karma card project that would be amazing um, but yeah, and please, uh, if you can, share this podcast with a friend, share it on your socials, and if you can, leave a rating and a review on any listing platform that you're listening to it on, and I'll see you in the next one. Cheers, guys. <laughs>